0: You sound good, like smack your lips. Well, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> that sounds like someone playing with like wet noodles.
1: Welcome back everybody to the r CatCast. This is Ryan. As always, I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Ryan. How are you doing today, Thorny? I'm doing well, Ryan. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. What you drinking over there? Well, I got Everybody's Brewing Local Lager.
0: It is brewed down in White Salmon, Washington. Never had it before. It's not that good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, why don't you like it? I feel like I paid microbrew prices for a macro brew taste.
1: Yeah, well, that's what you get when you buy a a lager.
0: An everybody lager. Yeah, I shouldn't be too surprised. (laughs) It's like an expensive Montucky cold snacks. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) How about you?
1: I went back to Perry Street uh, again yesterday and uh, picked up their, it's called Pacific Northwest Pale Ale.
0: All right. How was that?
1: You've had that one. Yeah, I love it. You've had this on the show. it's, It's right down, right down my old alley right there, so. Nice. You're so, able to make it out there on Sundays? Yeah, my wife kind of kicks me out sometimes at night on Sunday nights. And, you know, I, I appreciate the time alone. And How do I get on that getting kicked out of the house for an hour plan? <laughs> well, you got to get your kids <laughs> down a little faster and then uh, then you can go catch the end of the brewery hours. Ah, fair enough. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, for today's agenda, uh, I think we're just going to uh, – well, I guess we have to recap – um homecoming right victory yeah no doubt Uh then we have a little bit of recruiting news and uh, some some Weber State preview with maybe a little fun sprinkled in there we have no guests today so uh that would be different than last week uh, we do again think Driscoll cat <laughs> yeah we'll have we'll have him on again he's a good sport yeah man that guy's solid um, anyways, uh, we'll start off with some recap of of homecoming. Give us some Idaho news. Well, again,
0: as is becoming a theme this season, in particular, we are off to the slow start. Get down ten points pretty quickly. Don't make a rally till about partway through the third quarter, and uh, have to squeeze out a win. Hold on tight. It's been <laughs> cardiac cats in the opposite fashion. This time we're holding on for the win instead of trying to come back at the last second. Seems to be how things go. If you look at the the stats, if you looked at this without knowing the outcome of the game, that you would think there's no way that Montana State won this football game. We only have 12 first downs. They have 23. We only have 318 yards. I guess they had 347, so they had a lot more plays, but they only averaged 4.6 yards a play. Or I'm sorry, they averaged 4.4 uh, 4 yards a play, where we averaged six yards a play. So that is kind of the key difference. We had eight penalties for 80 yards, which is terrible um, for their five for 43. Um, other net, the one turnover was kind of a key difference there. And then our third down conversions were atrocious, and they hit on 50% of their conversions. So really, the turnover and the yards per play is about the only thing that uh, we did better than them, except for the final score, of course.
1: For sure. I mean, our third down percentage I was looking at is was- – or 4 for 12 that's 33% it's it's really just shitty honestly so and then our their time of position they had 38 minutes almost 39 minutes we only had 21 minutes that's right yep <laughs> didn't even get that far so yep that's another <laughs> strike i mean they were they were on the field for a long time the petrino kid was just dinking and diving us all the way down
0: <laughs> it reminded me of like the what was that that 90s Colts team where Jim Harbaugh like led them to the playoffs out of nowhere and he just made a living on like 5 10 yard passes that's pretty much i was re- i was reading the Vandal message board and they were wondering like do we take any long passes down the field today and then one guy's like well if you're Mason Petrino they're pretty long <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty funny comment <laughs> uh, but yeah they which actually We'll get right into it. I'm a little surprised we came out in a defense that looked like we were expecting a big pass because they clearly don't have it in them to to hit very long passes. What did you think about that? We adjusted, but what do you think about our initial defense?
1: Uh, We couldn't hold the edge uh, against them. Uh, That's the thing that stood out to me was they kept running um, like, eight yards of pop on us just around the end there, it felt like. And Mm -hmm. I was just so frustrated. I was like, what are we doing? (laughs) You know, it seemingly – But my frustration stems – it seems like we just concede a half of football every game. (laughs) You know, we're like, offense, we're not going to do anything first half. Don't worry about it. Defense, we're not going to really figure it out until after (laughs) halftime. And then we come out second half in we we scrape by or you know we rally and 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 it's 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 good but um man our first our first half of football is just really uh, has has not been really good
0: i was thinking about that you know how they say like home home field advantage is worth seven points well there's been 3 games this year where we've given up 7 points on the first possession for the other team. It was Eastern Washington's first possession drove right down, scored a touchdown. Idaho drove right down, scored a touchdown. Used did they use all 3 of their timeouts or just 2 on their first drive? <laughs> Either Vandals, way, the Vandals
1: the Vandals were done with their first 3 timeouts within like 3 minutes. Yeah. But uh <laughs> and, and then Wagner uh
0: returned their I think believe their first kickoff for a touchdown. Yeah. So there's 3 games right off the bat where That supposed seven point advantage—it's just wiped off the board instantly. It's like we don't want this advantage. Here you go. Here's seven points. (laughs) It's frustrating. It's like—and that was obviously a scripted drive that Idaho had. They—I see why he took the timeout because they need that drive to succeed. To have—they can't come from behind. They need to score first, so they had to go all out on that drive.
1: To get up seven points, and
0: I can, and that's why, in my opinion, they took the timeouts. They had to get it right.
1: Uh, I don't know if I believe that, Thorny, but I just thought that was just horrible mismanagement um, by Petrino senior there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not
0: arguing that he did worked out in our favor big time. Did did in the second half too. Nice. (laughs) All three timeouts burned in the like first ten minutes of each subsequent quarter. (laughs) I've never. I've watched a lot of football. I've never seen that before. I've never even seen that in like middle school games.
1: <laughs> no, I was, I was just sitting there going, oh, what the heck are they doing? <laughs> like it made no sense But then I'm like, well, you know what? They're marching down the field at a pretty easy clip. So they're doing something right. <laughs>
0: you know? So yeah, that, that first driver theirs was what? Nine plays gets in the end zone. We respond nicely with one of the, Maybe the most impressive Troy Anderson run yet. QB power up the middle. Just like goes to a standstill. Looks like he's not even moving. All of a sudden he just like bursts out of there. I don't even understand. He just bursts out of there. Just like trucks a guy. And then just <laughs> easily juke jumps the last defender. Spins in the end zone and just has has this like kind of boring, like bored arms that's like that was too easy kind (laughs) of it's like like, jesus troy (laughs) that guy can play man quarterback i don't know but that guy is a stud
1: and yeah, he is. He's unbelievable in the open field. its I'm just praying that he can make one guy miss because, <laughs> I mean, the proof is in the pudding when he does. It's just like, well, there he goes. I well, think it was that, like McCutcheon. I i can't remember. It might have been McCutcheon. It might have been someone else who said, like, after the first guy missed, I just put my hand in the air. Yep. I knew he
0: was going the whole way. <laughs> that was McCutcheon. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it's. And that was the only offense we had, like, the entire first half. I don't think we had any other. Fr- do we even have any of first downs or we be punted, 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 turnover on downs, punt, punt, punt. It's just our offense is so similar to the last two years. And the, the fact that we either like score a 70 yard touchdown or we go three and out. And it's getting old and it's not going to win games late in the year.
1: Yeah. That's something I wanted to spend some time on is just what are we doing offensively? And, you know, this one, one of the best weeks I've seen on Bobcat Nation, honestly, there's some really good conversations about offensive identity and, uh, you know, a lot of posters are posting what they would, uh, how they would remedy the offense. I was just wondering what you would uh, do there. Honestly, I probably would
0: have done what the coaches did start the game. They tried to get Troy some quick bubble screen passes, but Idaho was completely anticipating that and Caden Ellis, who is also a stud, and he's a two way player for them, and that guy that guy's an athlete, but he just swatted down two of those, and that's pretty much the end of that. Although we did use that to our advantage later in the game. I love the play call where they had Troy Anderson drop back like he was going to do one of those screens and Caden Ellis and Caden Ellis jumped and bit on it and it was a pump fake and Troy just took off and got like an easy first down off it. So I I guess <laughs> Uh, that was the silver lining on that, but I, if you want Troy to throw the ball, especially in those winter conditions, you, they're gonna have to be short passes like that. And if Idaho's jumping on them, what are you gonna do?
1: Yeah. See, I was thinking is like when they when you watch the defense, uh, when they stack up against us, they're so close to the line of scrimmage. I mean, they drop their safeties down. Uh, linebackers are just filling gaps right away, and it's obviously they're you know they're just trying to stop the run. I keep thinking to myself, why don't we just sneak a like a tight end right behind the second level right there? Is is um, maybe I'm not seeing it, and obviously I'm not an offensive coordinator, but that would seem to like least soften that that middle zone a little bit for us. We haven't used our tight ends like hardly at all in the passing game this year, which we think
0: you would think like with the mobile quarterback, some tight end drags across the middle would be a pretty easy four yard, five yard completion. At that worst, like, yeah, that's that's a good point. Like, you could get them involved in the passing game. We got some pretty good pass-catching tight ends. Yeah, Connor Sullivan. Really yeah, especially Sullivan. He was a wide receiver who just basically, like, you're going to be a tight end now. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got the
1: frame in the hands to catch some balls. Like, why don't we get him involved? Yeah. You know, see, I don't understand that. The, the offense is uh, – I have no clue what they're doing on offense, honestly. Like it's very frustrating, and I just end up yelling expletives at this the screen the whole time I'm watching the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's funny like how you and I texted each other during the game coming out at halftime. We'll go three and out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? you're like, "Yep, there it is." <laughs> you're or oh, we'll get in third and eight. Like third and eight's the worst for us because like what do we do in third and eight? You're ju- you're just like. Well, we ran one good play on third and eight or third and long last week, and that was the QB draw. And we ran it I think once and we got like fifteen yards off of that. It was it was a nice play. I I don't understand why don't we don't run that more often, but I mean third and eight's just tough the way we're running our offense right now.
0: It's true. Yeah, we're one of those offenses predicated on getting two or three yards first down, two or three yards on second down, so we get ourselves into third and less than five. And we haven't even been able to do that because we can't even, you know, our offensive line has played okay. Uh, they've been a little disappointing to me. But like you said, when it's, they're so stacked against the box, what are you going to do? It's
1: hard. You having some mic issues over there? No, I'm I'm good. No sound right now? Yes. Okay. Hey, uh. It's kind of disappointing to hear that Rovig was going to start. <laughs> and then he gets yeah, I know. hurt. you kind of got your wish. I think you even uh, I don't know if we
0: actually said it on the last episode of the podcast, but we certainly talked about it like this is this is the time for Rovig to come in. Idaho's secondary is not very good. Um, I don't even care if he would have started. We could have gone with the classic, you know, come kind of what we did at Portland State where at least Rovig comes in and takes the top off the defense in a couple little plays, but didn't even have that option. And now we're stuck. And I don't want to say we're stuck with Troy, but now we don't even have a viable backup quarterback, (laughs) which is a a little terrifying. Did you? (laughs) Yeah, it was a, well, we have two freshman quarterback and a converted linebacker, so I've had better situations. (laughs) 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 Gotta love it. Like that's, he gets it. He understands like, this is not ideal, but might as well, you know, make the best of it, not get down about it. Yeah. How do you feel about the win? Well, I felt like even though we had the slow start, and I'm frustrated with another slow start, and even though we were down 17-7, to I felt like we were going to win that game. I don't get that feeling all the time. Like, this is a frustrating game to watch. But as I watched that game unfold, I realized Idaho was giving us everything that they possibly could. They were amped up for the game. They were... As far as I'm concerned, playing pretty well, pretty mistake-free football. They didn't have very many penalties, not very many drops. They, Petrino was moving around the pocket, making some nice little reads, some little dump passes. He, And maybe it was in the second half where he was started hitting all those sideline patterns that were working out pretty well. But, um, So I felt like Idaho was playing about the best they could, and I felt like we were not. And I knew that at some point Troy Anderson would break it open, some play would break it open, and we did. And I, I'm moderately happy with the win. It was an ugly game, but that's Idaho's game. And that's kind of our game. So that's what kind of game did you expect? Yeah, sure. It wasn't going to be a crisp offensive performance, not Troy Anderson, and not in those conditions. So overall, I'm satisfied, but we still have a ton of work to do.
1: You know, I came, I came away from that game. I was just really pumped up about the win. I thought that was a really good win for us, and here's why. I think we're learning how to fight, and I think that's one one thing I love about Choke's teams is, uh, and Choke will say it. He goes, "You know, he he loves a good fight," and that was a that was a slugfest in my that was. in my opinion. You know, and to come out on the top end of that, to to eke your way out. I mean, you and I talked about it a little bit. Like the Grizz used to make heydays on those those victories throughout the season and and you know that's just a momentum builder that's a confidence builder when you know you can come out on top on a fight like we did on Saturday boy that's to me that 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 is a huge win for us and we're looking like a team like we're not a pretty team (laughs) we're like kind of like that ugly kid in class who's tough you know who knows how to fight <laughs> like nobody really like wants to mess with them um but like he's not attractive at all so like we're you know we're just like we're, we're that kid right now and i i i kind of like that honestly
0: okay okay so we're like kind of like the buff ugly duckling is that what you're saying <laughs>
1: <laughs> pretty much yeah one who one who knows how to scrap there you go much. and I think if you, uh, if I don't, you know, knowing that uh, we went, we talked about, are we feared across the, the big sky? You know, I think we're getting a reputation of being a hard out, you know, we're and Choate said the expectation is to compete and boy, his teams do. And that's, that's one refreshing thing. I think Choate has, one of many refreshing things I think Choate has instilled at Montana state. So I was listening to,
0: to tell on his show is saying that he thinks this is the best conference win against an opponent, not named Montana, in Choate's tenure. What do you think about that? Hmm. Yeah. Mean, he, might, he might be right. I think he's right.
1: Well, you know, as far as like scrapping a win together, yeah, I keep going back to last year's uh, North Dakota game um, when we just ran roughshod all over them. But they were shelled themselves, and we had a pretty complete game. True. uh, Yeah, I think that might be right Uh, in my recent memory. uh, I'm sure I could go back. I think we played Idaho State last year, pretty tough. I might be totally wrong on that. (laughs) We might not have played Idaho State last year, but I thought we did.
0: No, I think we did. I remember uh, my first sour taste of fantasy being kind of a bitter head coach because we beat them last year Oh yeah that's right that's right i think that was last year that was yeah but yeah no you're, you're right that i mean that north dakota victory with last year was impressive at the time it turned out not to be impressive and very well this could be the same thing i don't think idaho is a bad football team but they are well they're talented but they just they're bad uh their quarterback i think is going to hold them back um <laughs> i was noticing that uh Petrino might be one of the smallest division one quarterbacks I've seen in a while. He's listed at six foot one eighty, but yeah, one eighty dripping wet, maybe. That did you see that play where um he broke the pocket, Stirk like grabbed his arm and just ripped him back towards him and just like <laughs> yeah. swallowed him whole? He just like swallowed <laughs> yeah. him. I was like, it looked like it looked like Bryce Stirk was tackling a child. It wasn't even fair. I've I've never seen a like more lopsided, just like man just like just oh so yeah, Petrino. Uh, <laughs> I actually liked a lot what he did his game, but his game reminds me a lot of like when you have a division two quarterback coming to town, um, like an Adam state kind of guy that they can always hit those little passes and they frustrate you to no end. But are they ever truly a threat?
1: Not particular. Well, you know, I was thinking back on that, the initial question, you know, and it goes back to exactly what you said, Ryan, that, Idaho really gave it their all. And and I think Coulter was talking about this. Uh, like, they didn't want to – I mean, after the Idaho State game, they just – they were demoralized. And, you know, that, that was just a really bad loss uh, where they got exposed in their secondary. But they came together. Um, that was a homecoming for a lot of reasons. And, uh, man, it was – It was a really tough game and that's why I was so excited for the win afterwards. I just thought it was just a really, really good battle. Well,
0: Choate had said that he he had seen some of the Idaho players like have have tears after the game. Like that was heartbreaking loss for them. They wanted that probably more than they wanted any game this season. I think they're starting to realize like the base guy's good football. This can mean something to us. Like this was a packed house. This is a big environment against a good team. Like, montana state and it was homecoming for so many guys they they gave it everything they had and, the, and like i said that's kind of why i thought we could win because i realized we were getting idaho's best shot and we were down 10 points and you just you just knew that it was going to happen for us and we held on for the win. but that's that's a good point i think we, that was idaho's best shot and uh right.
1: yeah right on man well are you ready to move on to uh what do you want to tackle next? Do you want to talk, talk Weaver or do you want to talk Recruit? Let's uh,
0: dive into the
1: recruiting news. We've got a
0: couple nice tidbits here. I'll start with the the real actualized one uh, our new offensive lineman, David Hayward. Where did you say he was from? You have that. He's from California. I know. Yeah, Montevista. Montevista. And I was scrolling through um, 247, 247, and He's listed as like the 180th offensive tackle in the country, which you know doesn't sound too amazing. But when when you dig into it, I look, I scroll through every single recruit above him. There was only one other, um, committed recruit ranked higher than him according to 247's rankings. Um, that was to an FCS school, and it was Yale. You know, Yale and Princeton like always have really highly regarded recruiting classes, but. What does it even really matter? They don't compete in the playoffs, and they're going there for the academics. you know mm-hmm. so right now we we might have the best offensive tackle recruit in the country, at least as it stands. It's really early in the recruiting process, but I think that's a pretty decent looking signing. He's got a good frame he's only what two thirty five right now, but I mean that's how Kramer made his living, getting those guys that are like two twenty two thirty by the time they're sophomores and juniors they're two seventy two ninety. Oh, for it. sure. Well, he's 6'4", so yeah, he's definitely going to put on some pounds. Yeah, I think that's a really good, solid pickup because our offensive line is young. What do we lose, Alex Neal to graduation? Yeah. He's the only senior on that line, and we got – I remember Cho- saying that he wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Sessions – is, or I'm sorry, Jake Sessions. Jeff Sessions. <laughs> that's, that's a funny one. Uh, Jake Sessions is, is pushing for possibly starting by the ender. He wouldn't be surprised if he starts. So we have some young talent, and it's – I'd
1: love to see us keep adding to that stable. Man, those guys are going to play a lot of football together. It's going to be fun to watch the next two years for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And they're only going to get better and better. Those
0: guys are young and they're big and they're going to get better. You had another recruit. <laughs> so as everyone has surely found out by now, MSU has offered Gresh Jensen. And uh, what do you think about that?
1: Well, if you don't know who Gresh Jensen is, last year he was the starting quarterback for uh, the Grizzlies. I think it's awesome. I love it. I think it's – why not? He was a baller. Uh, He he would, uh, in my opinion, come in. I don't know. uh, I can't – hate to fumble over my words, which I'm doing right now. I don't know if he would be our best quarterback right away or not, but – uh, he's a proven commodity. He knows the big sky. I think it's a very smart move.
0: I do too, and I don't think Choate's the kind of guy just to offer him just to stick it to Hauk or anything like that. I, and I don't even think he would offer him if he didn't think he had a more than good shot of landing him. So it's a very interesting offer. Um, I th- I would say that there's a good chance that if he signs, he's going to be the starter next year. I don't see, I mean, Rovick could certainly come back and push him and Bauman can certainly push him. And, you know, we've heard a lot of good things. And Choate was actually raving about uh, Ruben Beltran today too. So there'd be a nice competition next year against a stable of actually recruited quarterbacks. Wouldn't that be neat?
1: <laughs> well, if we use them. <laughs> and, and, that, and that's the thing I keep wondering in my mind. Are we still just going to keep rolling Troy Anderson out there?
0: <laughs> I, I have to think we're not. I have to think he's the best of a bad situation right now as Joe was joking today two freshmen and a converted linebacker. I mean, I think I, it goes back to, we had talked about, is it too late to come back from the Troy thing? Cause we had, there's the perfect opportunity to get roving involved, I guess. All things, you know, now probably for the best that Troy's had all those extra reps, but maybe he doesn't get Roving doesn't get hurt in the same way. If he had been starting on, oh, that's a ridiculous comment, but the point is like, ro. <laughs> We should have started over earlier, in my opinion. Um, and here we are now with Troy Anderson and no backup. And I think <laughs> – can, can you just imagine the
1: explosion in Missoula if Gresh signs with the Cats? <laughs> that'd be two. Uh, Greg Rack and Gresh together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man, that would be – that would be fun. I mean, egress is as fun right now as it is, but that would be – even probably more fun than it is right now because it's a dumpster fire right now oh my gosh I love it I (laughs) I can't say I'm too sad about it
1: (laughs) no um but I was uh, as you know Coulter said you know there's a lot more cat fans who are happy that the Grizz lost than the cats won I cannot count myself in that no that boat so that just turns like a victory is like a 10 out of 10
0: and a Grizz loss is like an 11 out of 10 (laughs) <laughs> it just That it just makes it even better better than it can possibly be. But it's a perfect day still if the Cats win, and they did, and I'm very happy about that because we're 4-2. We haven't been alive in the playoff race this late in the year since 2014.
1: If you're asking me, man, I, I don't know that answer. <laughs> well, <laughs> 15, though. 15 was ha- ashes last year. We lost.
0: We didn't have a winning record. And then of yeah. course the Chow era. So yeah, two thousand fourteen is when we limped in the playoffs, like literally, because Prukop was like limping in a South Dakota State playoff game. And that was oh, the last oh, uh yeah. that was the last bastion of glory at Montana State's had on a national
1: got, b- scale. We got waxed by that running back who went to I believe he went to the NFL the next year. I can't remember his name.
0: Zach Zinner, Detroit Lions. Yeah. Yeah, that he guy. was a he was a good we ah, I'm not gonna Wax history too much here, but that was, that we had a chance to win that game. We just couldn't stop anybody. That was like the, the beginning of the, we're not going to play defense anymore mentality. (laughs) Like just not even try it. You had made a comment that you, you were thinking that our offense is like
1: worse than our defense back then. Do you still feel that way? Uh, Pretty much. Yeah. If not like on par, like pretty much equal. Because Jamie Marshall's defense in the latter years, and even when it was underneath Kane Ione's watch, boy, man, we were bad. We were we bad. Were so bad. <laughs> we <laughs> any, were so
0: bad. Any running back would just burst through the hole and make, like, one cut. A guy would, like, break his ankles, and he just run 60 yards untouched in the end zone time and time again. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. It wasn't even fun to watch. Like, I don't even want to talk about it.
1: But can, <laughs> I, can I reflect on a better moment when we had a better defense? You may. Okay, so this I'm going to parlay this into the Weaver uh, segment we're going to talk about. So I get super jacked when Weaver comes around because it has one of my favorite memories uh, as a Cat fan. Back in 2009, uh, that might have been Ash's first year or second year. I can't remember. It was, it was 2007 because Kramer was fired after the 2006 playoff season. Yeah, well, there you go wrong again right <laughs> anyways <laughs> 2009 uh we we traveled to ogden and um comes down to the last play they were it was fourth down they were on the one yard line uh and we were, were we needed to stop them do you remember this play oh every cat fan does who was, was oh, watching man. that day cameron higgins takes the pitch uh pitches out to uh their stud running back bo, bo Bolin. he uh He does like a sweep to the left. Jody Owens, a freshman, really kind of unheard about freshman at at that point. He was getting playing time, and he was a good recruit, but hadn't made a name for himself. Blows it up, strings it out out there, and then we gang tackle him for a four-yard loss. One of the best moments as a fan. uh, I just remember being such an emotional win. I remember running. I was was back in Great Falls. I was watching that with my father, and uh, I remember busting out the front door and yelling like a madman scaring this little lady walking her dog across the street. <laughs> 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 I didn't even care. I was so happy. Um, but, man, we had some players on the team. Uh, well, that's I, like the Dane Fletcher era right there. Well,
0: I think uh, you think of Jody Owens. For some reason, I was thinking Chase Gazzaro was in on that one.
1: So He, might have, be, he might have been. Because it may have been totally, a gang tackle. Yeah, it was. They, they, uh, if you go back, there's a video on YouTube. It might have been a Connor Firstman video. But you'll see it, and and the cool part is you, they pan to like some of the cat fans or some of the cat players afterwards, and they're like in tears. Um, some guys are I can't I can't tell who it was, and then they go into um, they go into the locker room after the game, and it's such a cool scene I, I've never seen, and I, I don't know you are never in the locker room afterwards, but it was just so hyped, and it, they're chanting MSU MSU, and these guys are just like I mean that was like the brotherhood. That at, at that moment, you know, you could start to see uh just the Montana State transform into what it was going to become for the next couple of years. This really tough-nosed defense, um, and just kind of this band of brothers, as like I believe Caleb Shravis says later on in the in the year. Um, and it was really cool. You know what's interesting about 2009, and I was looking up the stat, it was we were number one in total defense that year.
0: I know people people it's funny to hear People bash on the entire, like, oh, our defense is better than ever was under Ash. But, like, those 2010, 2011, 2009 defenses were salty. They were good. Yeah, yeah they, they, they've they kind of flopped when they got in the playoffs. But they know when the big sky could score on us. We had Zach Minter and all those guys. And those were some those were some fun teams to watch. And you and I talk so much about Choate needing that win, that kind of that program – maybe not even defining win, but that program launching win. And I think that was kind of what it was for Ash. That that win, yeah, we didn't finish the season all that great. We ended up losing and, and uh, the Grizz beat us at home that year. But next year was 2010. That was the year that Mr. De- Denarius McGee made his freshman start at Wazoo. And we all know how the rest of those three years went anyway, 2014 yeah. aside. Um, Absolutely. That's when things really took off for us. I think we went 9-2. and two. The next year, so mm-hmm. it was that was kind of the the turning point for the Ash teams to figure out what we're going to do because Ash had been kind of middling in mediocrity, really. He was like six and five his first year or something like that, seven and four, which I guess now it's like, come on, six and five, please. But <laughs> uh, yeah, the Cody Kim to Mark it in days, those were fun, huh?
1: Well, you know, that moment right there sparked it, and it did. It, it, we need. It feels like we could you, we could I'll start over. <laughs> it feels like we need one of those moments now. And we this weekend, no doubt. Uh, if we go in and beat Jay Hill's we out Jay Hill, Jay Hill in in, in his <laughs> That's own. It's my house. line. I know, right? I just stole it right from you. <laughs> that could be that moment for us.
0: It could. I mean this this Idaho win possibly could be a lot – like you're saying, like the the Grizz under Hauk. His first run, like these are the games that they'd have every year. They would like win a one point game against the worst team in the conference, and they would end up in the semifinals of the playoffs anyway. Yeah, Cause they'd have that one game, and maybe that's our game. I don't think Idaho is a bottom feeder, but it's hard to say. Like, they, how are they going to recover from? <laughs> how are they going to recover from this? Coupled with the Idaho State thrashing, like that's just going to be tough for them. And they go to, I think they might go to Cheney next week. So got to be there but but uh that's their next game you want to talk about our next game we
1: kind of yeah, started well, we, let's get on yeah, it that's <laughs> that, that was a whole Weber intro right there ryan so there's sorry a tie-in yeah that. yeah sorry about the segue <laughs> all right so this is going to be a low scoring affair if it all plays out like it should on paper Talk about a fist fight. If we thought Idaho is a fist fight, this is going to be just a straight-up brawl. It's going to make Idaho look like a pillow fight.
0: <laughs> no doubt. This, this is going to be a pillow fight with, like, nickels in the pillows.
1: <laughs> Here, I want to listen to this stat line, okay, just before we get into the nuts and bolts of Weber. Um, Jay Hill, uh, 2014, goes 2-10. Two and ten. 2015 six and five, 2016 seven and five, 2017 eleven and three.
0: How what do you think get, he got there?
1: They they gave him more than three years to turn around. What? <laughs> How That's do you think a, he got there, Thorny?
0: Playing tough defense and building it from the ground up.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's a brotherhood over here, over there. They got that culture of, of grit, um, toughness. I think they got a little bit of moxie too. They got a little bit of swagger. They got damn good special teams. They don't have an offense, but I don't think they really care all that much because their defense is just lights out and they're going to take it away from you anyway. So basically, that's an extension of their offense um, on the field position game. I, I'm envious, but I, I love, I don't know if I love our chances in Weber when we go down there this weekend, but I'm excited to see us fight. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: funny that like, uh, they've only scored what, 14 touchdowns on offense or something that are not, they're not scoring. That doesn't sound right. That's, but uh, they're not scoring a whole bunch on offense. And, and when they do, it's because they were set up by a short field from either a big special teams play a punt return, a kickoff return, or the uh, defense created a turnover and got them down inside the red zone. I mean, they're like you said, uh, that's a good, that's a good way to put it Choke phrase. it like that. And I never really thought about that, but that is an extension of the offense with how, like they can put him in good field positions. So the offense doesn't have to make big plays because they're already on the opponent's side of the field. Absolutely. What a luxury.
1: Right. I mean, when we come out, we cannot, we cannot have, we cannot concede the first half of football. Like we've been doing, we need uh, uh, undoubtedly a more balanced offense. And I just don't know who our offensive coordinators are like, I keep going back to the Wagner game and thinking <laughs> about Rovick and how awesome and balanced we looked. Uh, but then with Anderson under center, it just seems like we're not really helping him out all that much with our play calling. So it's frustrating. I, I really want to see us come out offensively more balanced. We can't continue just to go three and outs and not have, uh, the, you know, success. And we need – we need to string some together some first downs at least.
0: No, we can't keep going three and out. I mean, that's just killing us. But at the same time, a team like we- Weber, you know, like they live off their turnovers, so you can't force the issue too much against them. So and Anderson's not doesn't have the accuracy to be able to put it in a tight window when we need him to. So it's going to be very interesting to see how we come out, how we try and attack their defense because they're. Probably going to load the box and they have the guys to play man to man. So I don't know if we can get that nice bomb to McCutcheon where he just, he's just a frisbee or a dog catching a frisbee, as he says. I don't know. I think that Weber State defender will be right there to catch the frisbee, too. I, I'm just not sure how we're going to move the ball. I think it's going to be a game of field position and they have the advantage there. It's just, it's going to be a tough game. But, do you think? Oh, uh, if Blue Chapman can get back in, um, that would be good. I don't know if he'll go a full game, but even situational, Blue Chapman might be better than what we've been had. Did you listen to Tucker Yates's um, post game press conference? I did. It was very interesting what he was talking about. Did I? Did I not have it written down? Um, he was talking about how they're teaching them to knock the offensive lineman off, uh, so basically that they can create space so the linebackers can make plays. But mm-hmm. I haven't seen the linebackers making too many plays this year, have
1: you? No, but you know we've talked about that.
0: No, but it's like that was the first time I've heard like the, the you know, it, it came out and said like we're trying to make space for the linebackers, and I almost think like you need to make the play, like we need to be teaching these guys to make the play because the linebackers, I don't know if they're going to. I don't know if I'm, – I I'm like that we moved Conkle back. It was his first game. I wonder if he's going to stay there because he was a little bit rusty, but he got better as the game went on. Um, I wonder if he stays there. Um, I don't know. We need better play from the linebackers, especially against Weber. And we need – the thing I do like in our favor is Weber probably predicated on wearing teams down like most teams like that are, but we can go so deep across the defensive line that we're going to be able to weather that, in my opinion, especially with Derek Marks' play lately. Yeah, man, Derek Marks has been a man on fire lately. Yes, he'd be starting on half the other teams in the Big Sky. At least half the other teams,
1: I would imagine. Absolutely. You know, I think if we can get a couple turnovers off of Weaver, we can have a, a good chance. And another thing I've written down is, uh if we have like a 40 to 50% um, third um down completion, uh, bump up that, because we've been really sorry on third down, if we can bump that up, we might have a chance, no Was, I agree is Weaver seventh did they in the new pool? um, I haven't checked that uh, that sounds about right. I know they're top ten, yeah, so this would be a landmark win for Choate. I think we match up well, I really do, so uh this could this could be that game, regardless within the next you know next two weeks, we need to win one of these in order to have our eyes on the playoffs.
0: I feel like it's that uh, meme on the internet where they have, like, two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. That's basically what Weber State <laughs> and Montana State are. It's just like, you, you, like, we're exactly the same team, except they might have a little bit better horses than we have. But we're running the same style. We're running the same exact game plan. We're both not very good offensively. I think Weber State is 12th, and we're 11th in offense in the conference. <laughs> at least we were last weekend before the Idaho game. I didn't. I haven't checked it since then, but... What do you think the over and under is, is on 500 yards of total offense combined? <laughs> oh,
1: uh slight over.
0: I think it'll be over, but not by, not by a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a physical game. I... <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if we win that one to be honest. My 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 heart says we can, but my head's like I'm not sure we have I don't think we can move the ball. You've seen Good the Weaver defense play,
1: right? Uh well, just highlights. They're they're amazing looking. They're all over the field and they're just they they just bring it. They look like they're just having fun. You know, it's that kind of defense. They just know they're better than everybody else. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Well, Cho described them as a basically they look like a Mountain West Conference defense, the best defense he's seen in the FCS so far. They're big team. They have big teams. Tim- they're big. They have team speed, uh, athletic. They're experienced.
1: Yeah. Well, we're gonna have to figure out a weakness on their defense and attack how to exploit that with um, our offensive weapons. Um, so, yeah again, I just uh to just, just kind of wrap that up, just we gotta come out a little bit faster. We can't concede the first half of football and just you know rely on our second half game, which has been awesome, but you know we just put together a full game here
0: yeah i have I have faith that we will find that weakness, but it might not be to the fourth quarter or the third quarter, and we just have to keep within striking distance I mean that's how we are that's how we play, we got to. Keep close enough if we're going to keep having slow starts where we can at least have a chance come third,
1: fourth quarter. Okay. Thorny, I was wondering, totally off topic, but I was thinking about this today. We never talk any other sports. Is football your favorite sport? Yeah. Yes, it is. How about you? Uh, I would have to go baseball would be my favorite sport. Oh. Hey, now <laughs> I can do this
0: podcast on my own. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, good thing. We don't have a baseball team to
1: talk about, I guess. No, I'm a big Cincinnati Reds <laughs> fan and there's not been much to talk about from them. But no. then my other question was to you, I was going to think, I was thinking about this the other day. If you had, if you could go to one sporting event uh, within the, within the calendar year, what sporting event would that be? Just an event, like an actual so like event? a free ticket. Like if, you know, if money wasn't an option and you could just go, uh, what would be your ultimate sporting event? Well, I've
0: actually kind of wa- always wanted to go to a World Cup game. As much as I'm not even a huge soccer fan, that just looks intense. Okay. The Super Bowl is so commercialized. And I don't know, I just don't think that sounds too terribly exciting. I'd rather go to like the, the college football national championship, either in basketball or football. I've always wanted to go to a game in like a Madison, the a Badger, a Wisconsin Badger game. Maybe when they have like a ranked opponent, that'd be cool. But yeah, World Cup probably top actual single event.
1: Okay, how about you? Uh little known fact about me: I'm a huge Tour de France fan. I think I would go to the Tour. In fact, I'm working on getting there. It, but it would be like a I'd followed around for. You know, take my wife over there, followed around for, you know, for like a week essentially. You try to catch two to three stages. Um, I'd be one of those crazy guys up on the top of the mountains running next to like Chris Room and and guys just shouting in their face, waving the American flag, it'd be awesome.
0: Wasn't there a guy in like
1: a, a grizz garb and like antlers on his head two years ago? Uh, I've watched the uh, tour. <laughs> well, you know the thing with the tour is those stages can take hours, and so when, when you become when you watch a, a stage uh, from the Tour de France, which is about 21 days, um, which is ridiculous. Th- the smart thing to do is to watch like the last 25 kilometers of the race, and which could take a you know depending on if it's an uphill finish or downhill finish, it could take anywhere from you know 30, 30 minutes to over an hour. And so if you catch the last 25 kilometers, if he wasn't in and within those last 25 kilometers, I probably didn't see him. But uh, for a couple of years now, I've been a pretty religious follower of the tour. It's been really fun. I don't know why. I don't even bike. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just really like it for some reason. So, And uh, Lance Armstrong puts on an amazing podcast uh, daily. Uh, basically, they do what we do in a way better format, <laughs> but uh, they do it daily. And I just, I don't know, man, I just love the tour. So I would go there. Well, I'll give you a solid good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Cause
0: that's uh no, that's not going to do it for me. Okay. Appreciate. I admire them, but, uh,
1: nah. <laughs> so after that, I'd probably pick a world series game or, or the national championship for college football. There you go.
0: no, national curling championship nope good all right well i think we're about running close to an hour here huh sounds good to me buddy all right that was a good one Bit fun yeah go cats go cats yep we got this going down wildcats <laughs> <laughs> all right
1: Catch i will talk time. to you soon